going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Soon to be a major motion picture. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Without a good hip, you ain't hopping, that's for sure. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. The great Gloria Estefan still running around doing concerts. Because Dr. Michael Newworth put her back back together again. And nobody understands better what Newworth did to Gloria Estefan than my guest right now, the great Dr. Neil Anand. Neil, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So, I want to take advantage of having Michelangelo of Spine Surgery on the phone with me right now. And teach us. You're such a fantastic professor and teacher of all things related to the spine, Neil, and I want everybody to appreciate what I've appreciated all these years. So tell us, teach us, what exactly is Dwight Howard describing to us that's happening in his spine at L5-S1, as we learn later? I remember going up for a duck, and one of my teammates just doing what people do every day, try to find me so I wouldn't duck. And as I'm going up, He's coming down, and uh, my back, I just felt something kind of snap, and I was like, oh, man. So I'm thinking it was going to go away, but it got worse. So at first, he was like, man, I'm going to have to miss some games, you know, uh, but let's get this training going. Let's get this rehab together so that I'm back, and I can help my team finish this season and bring home the championship. Dr. Anand, what the hell is a snap in your back? You know, it's amazing you ask this because a lot of patients actually describe it and it's a distinct, loud snap that people actually hear. Mm. And the best we can tell, it more than likely is a tear in the disc. Mm. Think of your car tire, that as you drive along, you get these radial tears. Mm. And the disc, I love the analogy of the jelly donut, and I agree, that's a great analogy. <laughs> Another analogy I use a lot is a car tire. Mm. The radial cross fibers of a tire are very similar to what the outer wing of the disc is made of, the annulus fibrosis you talked about. This snap of the ear is more than likely a tear in that disc and the annulus. And that tear is pretty intense and occurs instantaneously and creates intense inflammation. It's a very inflammatory occurrence. And that's what gets you the pain, the snap, and the inflammation that absolutely drives you to the ground. It's then through that tear that the jelly, if you will, or the disc material herniates out. Mm. Unfortunately, it herniates out into the spinal canal where the nerve is. The nerve now supplies the muscle. If the nerve's irritated, inflamed, damaged, mm. the muscle suffers. Mm. And there's a sequence of events then, and now you get leg pain because your nerve is being pinched upon. But it invariably starts with this snap, intense back pain, your back just collapsing on you. And many patients will say the leg pain actually came on a few days later, mm. sometimes even a week or two later. But that's when it herniates through that opening. And 
back pain actually goes down a bit and your leg pain becomes intense as this jelly, if you will, is sitting on your nerve. So I'd say that's what that is. It's not uncommon. The other reason for a snap could be the facet joint. Mm. That's the joint in the back of your spine. Mm. Your spine is like a tricycle. The big wheel in front is a disc, and there are two small wheels in the back, if you will, called facet joints, Mm. F-A-C-E-T. Those joints could sort of grind on each other like a knuckle cracking and create a snap. Chiropractors use that many a time and sort of releasing your joints there mm. to that. But, but I think the snap is more likely the tear in the disc. So, Neil, what I just love about you is your absolute comfortableness with the anatomy and doing this for so many years and thousands of patients. So many of them should be treated initially with rehab, the body being its own best healer. And people need to realize, yeah, you can take an MRI and you can see a giant disc and all the rest of it, but that should not dissuade you from still leaving it alone and resting it and letting the body, which it can easily do, resorb and melt away that herniation, except if it doesn't. After all these years, are we any closer to understanding which patient, and, or I should say why in some patients, it does melt away, and in other patients, it lingers? I think that particular question, we probably don't know, but we do know a lot of things. One for sure, like you said, 85 to 90% of patients, in spite of the largest disc herniation, will get better with rehab, time, anti-inflammatories, ice. But there's a finite window, though, and I think this is important. People who get better generally get better within 8 to 12 weeks. Those patients who don't get better within 12 weeks, in spite of doing everything, generally do not. They land up with this chronic pain syndrome then, which is something today we understand is not a good thing. Hmm. The constant pressure on the nerve, constant pain driving you down. It's a vicious cycle of pain leading to inability to move, leading to depression, leading to many social issues. So I think that part we're understanding more and more. Hmm. So yes, rehab, rehab, nothing, do nothing, wait 12 weeks. Usually you get better, but we don't get better. I think that's what we're understanding. It's better to have this looked at, especially by someone who knows what it's about. So I'm dying to ask you this question also, because I am not a spine surgeon. I never wanted to be a spine surgeon. Thank God there are people like you who can do all of this stuff that I don't want to do. But I got to believe as a surgeon, our worlds are similar in this regard. At least I hope so. So I'm going to ask you the question. I'm curious your answer. So much of what I do is to pay attention to the unique anatomy that I see in the shoulder, in the hip, in the knee. And for example, when this week I repaired quite a few anterior cruciate ligaments in the knee. And the reason those tools are so helpful, the scope, is because I like to look for, when I reconstruct the new ACL, I use the word footprint, that I look for where God put the ligament in this patient uniquely as the perfect spot for me to put my new ligament in, not a millimeter away, not to be sloppy, but to look for the footprint of where it's supposed to be. Do you, Dr. Neil Anand, 
do you look for the uniqueness of the anatomy in your patient, for example, when you put the pedicle screw in that pedicle? How much do you use the uniqueness of the anatomy of that patient to guide you in how to fix that individual? You nailed it, Robbie. Every patient is very unique, not only in the anatomy, also in their 